You are listening to the Fellowship of the Ring six-part series. This is chapter two, but before we get there, Pappy, we put in a ton of work on this pod. This six-part series, like we did in and amongst our normal schedule, kind of beyond our scope, isn't it? Well, we've always been committed to trying to mix it up, do different stuff, whether it be like reviewing all of the Oscar movies or all of the Disney movies. This was a really unique project in that this is six episodes. It was a lot of editing. It was a lot of uh, recording. We had nights where we record three podcasts in a night to try and get this out to you guys. So A lot of scheduling. A lot Oof. of scheduling. So you, you might hear a couple of different voices on the episode, but if you enjoyed it, we'd really, really appreciate it if you could do a couple of things for, for us. One of those being leave us an iTunes review. Uh, if you haven't done that yet that really helps us show up in the ratings we want our lord of the rings content to be way up there because we put a lot of time into it like josh said yeah we don't make any dollars off this pod it's just for funsies and the more people that listen and kind of chime in makes us have even more fun to be honest i mean right pappy feels good to be loved yeah and if you have a friend who loves Lord of the Rings? Uh, we're very positive on these episodes. This is a good episode to uh, to show them. We're not going to shit all over uh, something that they love. So share it with a friend. And now on with the Lord of the Rings. Giants. <laughs> Is it secret? Is it safe? Chapter 2 A Wizard is Never Late. But there's a party in the Shire, let's go! This is spoiler. Hello, this is your host, Stevie. <laughs> Welcome to the second part of our Lord of the Rings uh, Fellowship Breakdown, I guess. We're going to take this episode by episode. I am your lovely host for episode 2. Cannot wait to talk about it with our fellow spoilers. What's up, fellas? Hello. What's up, bro? Hey. hey what's up? So, in the previous episode, Josh uh, really broke down the prologue in an awesome way. If you haven't listened to that, go do that now. And now we're on my part. We're going to be talking about, really, the introduction to the most beautiful place on Earth. Uh, what was your guys' immediate reaction to um, the Shire, Hobbiton itself, Bag End, stuff like that? I, thought, I always think, man, it looks like a cool place to live. Boring, but cool. <laughs> the schools look very good there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So this is kind of a weird story, and I think Peter Jackson's grandpa, who was in World War One, and we all know that Peter Jackson was doing that huge documentary, uh, They Shall Not Grow Old, I think it's called. It's really good, by the mm-hmm. way. Check it out. His grandpa decided to go to New Zealand after the war simply because, like, he really admired fighters that were on his side. Like the Kiwi fighters were like so honorable. He wanted to move there. I just think it's really odd. Like 80 years later, you get like this love letter to New Zealand and Pappy, we talked about in troll. Wait, what is it? Troll hunter. Troll. I think troll hunter. Yeah. Yeah. Using your environment. And like, this is the ultimate way. I, I, yeah. I mean, yeah, it like put, <laughs> New Zealand on the map, right? Like it's still a thing to go see the Shire Hobbiton in New Zealand. The whole tourism industry has been built up around it. It's all still there. You can still see the the houses and the set and all that. I'm pretty sure Peter Jackson himself owns Back End. <laughs> no, I'm For serious. Real? For real. 
He owns the big set and the small set. That's a good investment by him. Yeah. Um, so we start off uh, really, I guess you could say, focusing on the hobbits themselves. We get our introduction to Frodo and Gandalf the Grey. And the one thing that always stuck out to me as a kid was how they would shoot this or how they did shoot this. Josh, you're the big camera guy. Do you have any insight of how they would have done this? Uh, magic. <laughs> Hard work. Elbow. I don't know, man. I, you hinted on it. They had two completely different sets. So are they... Is the final product like half the screen one set and half the screen the other set? No, it's crazy. It's so much more practical than that. Yeah. Uh, It's really a fantastic use of force perspective. So um, when they're in that wagon, outside of when Frodo like jumps in Gandalf's arms, which was a seven, six foot man and a three, four foot, like a three foot, four inch tall man. um, That's how they did that shot. But outside of that, Elijah Wood is like two feet back of Gandalf and two feet to the right of him. And Mm. everything in that wagon on Elijah Wood's side is so large. And everything on on, uh, Ian McKellen's side is really small. But if you told me that on its surface, I'm going to say, that sounds like a good idea, but it's going to look really funky. Dude, it looks perfect every (laughs) time. Flawless. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And really, like, the basis part of this story of when Gandalf arrives is they're gearing up for this giant celebration. And we get a lot of scenes in the extended edition that we didn't get in the theatrical cut. Corey, um, did you notice, like, a big difference between the two when it comes to Bilbo? I didn't because I'm more familiar with the extended version at this point. I haven't seen the theatrical release in so long. I don't quite know the differences. What what were the differences with Bilbo? Someone else has to take that. Is it the is it the maps or the whole part with the maps TV and like the is that in the theatrical cut? So the concerning hobbits part wasn't in the theatrical cut when he's like writing down <laughs> on his book. That like his book yeah. isn't even mentioned until he's in Rivendell. Um, and the other part is too is like when he's walking around the house and just like chaotic OCD. Like, looking for his ring, stuff like that. None yes. of that's in the theatrical cut. And so you get this really kind of menacing figure really early on. I love any time they're hinting at Bilbo basically slowly turning into Gollum. I just think that's great. Well, the directors and writers thought very different. Um, after Ian Holm, uh, after he was getting through his first scenes, which were when Gandalf arrives... Um, they said we want to make him look as happy as humanly possible and almost like a tragic figure instead of like someone who's slowly turning evil and kind of menacing, if that makes sense. Huh. Yeah, so gearing up for these giant this giant party. <laughs> I love like these introduction of characters, especially like actually at the party. Um, Mikey, how do we go about seeing like Mary and Pippin for the very first time? <laughs> Yeah, uh, Merry and Pippin are kind of introduced. Uh, they're s- stealing um, uh, the biggest firework from the back of Mr. Worldwide uh, <laughs> Mr. Gandalf, Worldwide. Gandalf's wagon. Uh, so <laughs> they're, I don't know if they're trying to pull a prank. They're ju- they just want to light it off and see what happens. So we get a, like a, a five-second scene of them sneaking, sneaking away with one. And then uh, a couple minutes later, there's this giant explosion, and is it a dragon? 
That did. Yeah, I think dragon. it's a. Yeah. I haven't been dragons in this pot for a thousand years. <laughs> 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 yeah, but it's really just the firework going off, and then Gandalf. Uh, in the I I don't think this is in the theatrical, but there's like a, a five second scene of. Gandalf forcing them to wash the dishes. It's really quick, but it's pretty funny. It's in the theatrical. Them washing the dishes is? Yeah, I just saw it last night. Yeah, one thing I found interesting, like, I love listening to these commentaries, especially between um, Dom, the actor, and uh, Billy Boyd, who played Mary and Pippin, was you guys hear that shriek that goes off when the firework, like, explodes? Mm, yeah. Hear somebody? Like, there's kind of, like, this wail and shriek. Peter Jackson told the two that it wasn't going to go off, but for camera purposes, pointed it away from your faces. Um. <sighs> That was the only shot they took of that, of the firework exploding in front of them. Oh, no. Yeah, that's how they shot that. Peter told them, like, hey, listen, we're going to do this in post, but for aesthetic purposes, make sure you point it away from your faces and just straight up. And that was Billy Boyd screaming in terror because he thought he was going to die when that firework exploded. <laughs> that's one of those things where it makes for an awesome story now, but that's, like, almost a John Landis-type situation. <laughs> <laughs> I could have gone... Very badly. Yeah, that thing explodes in his hands. Just incredibly dangerous. But, um, Josh, how would you describe Bilbo's speech at the party? Kind of his farewell parting shot. Oh, well, maybe we can add a quick audio bite here of his very first line, at least. Yeah, I love that quote. My dear Bagginses and Buffins, Toots and Brandy Buffins, Rubs, Dubs. But if you notice, he's like, my 11th birthday. And he's not that bad. But he's definitely got like a slur in there. And I think that's on purpose. And I think. To Stevie, your point earlier, yes, he is like, he has every reason to be happy. He's like about to go on a journey again. He's very respected in the community. He's leaving all his affairs in good, in a good place. But ultimately, I think that's what makes the small hints of him turning into Gollum all that more effective. And I think later in the movie, we see like a little like flash cut of him being like, Rawr! Like turning into the Bat Boy, but here the it's much more subtle. Part, yeah. The Bat Boy. Mm. Here it's much more subtle. It's like uh, Gandalf looking at him, looking at his pocket, or him just looking dour and lonely, kind of in the midst of this. The night scenes were like a three-day party between like all the like all of Peter Jackson's family, like all the writings, all the writers' family, a lot of the actors' families were involved, and as well as, I think they they could afford like 100 extras. And the proud feet. Yes. 
that was they shot that the third night. Ian Holm was quite drunk when he shot that, and Peter Jackson wanted him to come back and do like ADR to like really clean it up, and he couldn't mimic himself being drunk, so they had to leave it in as is. <laughs> nice. Oh my gosh, I I wanted to know rewatching this if you guys felt like watching this as an adult, Ian Holm's performance sticks out more to you. I don't think I noticed it as like a teenager, but he is ridiculously good in this. Yeah. He, he's incredibly, his character is like incredibly dramatic. He has this whole party just so he can pull off this trick at the end and disappear. It's like he gets off on on the magic trick that he I always off. wonder too why he wanted to do that. Like why does he want to like disappear in front of everyone? Just like <laughs> he just wants to leave in a bang. He's so extra. <laughs> he's so extra <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't know maybe it's to mess with people so after we um, see Bilbo disappears they digitally uh, edit him out going back to back end and this is where is Gandalf waiting for him there yes he's inside okay Brett kind of break down kind of like the feeling and also like what's going on with the story at this point between uh, Bilbo and Gandalf well I think this scene like to uh, piggyback on what Josh was saying. I think Ian Holm is like incredible during this scene. Um, he's packing up, getting ready to leave. He's saying, you know, I'm leaving everything to Frodo. Please watch after him. Uh, please. And um, then Gandalf's like, hey, uh, you, you leaving that ring? He's like, oh, yeah, it's in an envelope on the mantle or whatever. And then he's like, oh, it's in my pocket. And then it kind of leads to the. He's like, well, it's mine. Maybe I'll keep it, you know, and. This oh, the scene where the, it gets dark and Gandalf <laughs> yells is so good. Oh my gosh! It's his test, right? I mean, that's yeah. that's no. His... The test is later with Frodo, right? When he yeah, says, Frodo "Do not says, tempt me." Yeah, here he's saying, "I'm not trying to rob you." Yeah, yeah. Trying the one from to Frodo, Frodo later you. is when he gets tempted. Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> Maybe Gandalf has two tests here. Because I feel like he's also saying, like, I could steal this shit from you if I wanted, Bilbo. Precious. It's been called out before, but not by you. This ah, isn't of yours when I do with my own thing. I think you've had that ring quite long enough. You want it for yourself? Bilbo Baggins! Do not take me for some conjurer of cheap tricks. I am not trying to rob you. Trying to help you. But he also doesn't know what the ring is yet. He doesn't know uh, until he kind of starts seeing Bilbo with like a crackhead. <laughs> <laughs> or, me- or meth head. Or meth head. <laughs> Bilbo leaves and he's like, uh, Bilbo, uh, you still have the ring. I think that whole scene is really good. That's about all I can say. I, I like guess. how he like very reluctantly lets it go. But when he drops it, it like falls hard on the ground. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Kind of what they're probably trying to show that the burden's heavy. It's kind of maybe a little symbolism. Yeah, you're right though, Brett. They did use it was a magnetic floor. I, f- I figured that's what it was. It looks that's really cool. cool though. They turn up the bass when that ring hits too. <laughs> the yeah. bass dropped. Yeah. So, but yeah, just the devastation of him. Uh, Corey kind of brought it up. The the devastation, of, or maybe maybe it's Mikey of him not wanting to leave that ring and just kind of letting it fall out. Like that's probably the hardest thing he'll probably ever have to do. 
is leaving that ring behind. I mean, that's his precious crack rock, and he doesn't want to leave it behind. Infinite so, crack really rock. Cool. Yeah. Symbolism. But he, like, what was Bilbo even doing with it, though? Like, he wasn't really using it. He really only used it to pull off this one trick. It keeps you young, doesn't it? Yeah, he had, he didn't he has an age, and that's why I love when they uh, show him later, and he's aged really rapidly. Is that kind of why Gandalf shows up? Because he's like, "Hey, you should be dead by now. What's going on?" <laughs> well, they might live longer than usual, but he does say something like, "You haven't aged a day." I haven't aged a day. <laughs> uh, okay. He's 11-1, you know, sense. it's pretty old. 11-1. <laughs> one of the few things that's mentioned, like, about these films is the acting. Um, what do you think about the acting kind of in these first sequences that really set the tone for the whole movie? Um, I mean, obviously the acting is really good in it, especially uh, Gandalf, uh, Ian McKellen. Um, but mm-hmm. more so than the acting, I think what the key thing with this movie is the memes. I mean, we really... <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we really get some definitely. memes out of it. And we Just didn't talk plethora. about it, but uh, one of my favorite Lord of the Rings memes is, all right then, keep your secrets. <laughs> That's like my all-time favorite meme, keep your secrets. So good. Oh, that is such a good one. My new favorite meme is, it's quite cool. <laughs> what he's talking about it's to the cool ring. quite cool to the touch. <laughs> <laughs> quite cool. The <laughs> acting is, is definitely uh, great, though, to answer your question. Sorry about that. <laughs> Secondary to the memes. (laughs) No, I just think it's one of those things that's really talked about with these films is really how good the acting is, especially for the fact that during the scenes where Gandalf and Bilbo are kind of having an argument about his leaving and the ring, they're not Mm -hmm. even on the same set. They're looking at nothing, talking with each other. So I have a question for you, Stevie. Was this the first stuff that they shot or was this later on in the process? Uh, the scenes, um, at Bag End where, um, Gandalf arrives and Bilbo, uh, Bilbo is there to greet him. Those were, um, how do I put this? They were shot together, but on different sets. It's incredible how they stitched them together because they built one very small Bag End for Ian McKellen to be in and one very large one for Bilbo shots. And then at night, they shot them, or that night shot after the party, they shot them uh, completely separate. If that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. So did he even have Ian McKellen like on set to deliver lines? Or is no. it just like... Nope. Just, just him. a reader? Yeah. Mm. Isn't that incredible? It's pretty yeah. good. I was going to say... Don't break the magic. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the proportions are like consistent when... Gandalf is walking around in, in uh, that little house, and I was like, "Well, how is he? How is he walking around? And he looks normal sized in this small house." And then every everything Bilbo like is... down to like an apple or even a book was a thirty three percent difference. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. They searched every grosh in New Zealand for the right apples. <laughs> it's crazy how much work went into yeah. this production. That's insane. And also to my next talking point, Frodo arrives shortly thereafter, and Gandalf seems very perturbed. And is this where he tells him to keep the ring? Uh, he wants to go. Uh, yeah, he yeah. wants to go uh, do some research because he's starting to put two and two <laughs> together. 
Yeah. I got to get the hell out of here, man. Bro, something's amiss. Your crackhead grandfather, your crackhead uncle yeah. did something wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so uh, he tells him to hide it, keep it secret, keep it safe. And then, as Josh kind of joked about earlier, but he's pretty right, I think he's he's gone for the next 17 years. Yeah. Pap, I never knew this watching it because I never read the books. Did you realize there was this giant of a time gap? No, I assumed it was like four days <laughs> the first time I saw this. It doesn't seem like that much of time I mean, could possibly pass. I don't know if they necessarily do it like that in the movie. I think you're probably closer. It's probably a lot sooner. But in the book, you know, the time is way different. Brett, in the movie, it looks like yeah. I rode my bike down to Dunlap Public Library <laughs> and checked out a few yeah. books and Brittany came back. Said, how, did, how did he get there so fast? I was like, well, he was actually gone for a long time. I'm going to ride down to Ministerath <laughs> real quick. Mm-hmm. So is that what it is, though? It's 17 years, like, difference in the books versus the movie, which seemed like a week? It is. And so I wonder, is it supposed to be a long gap in the movie? Does it really matter? I mean... Peter Jackson it, said six to seven weeks in the movie, but he it didn't know, right. like, how to accurately, like, portray that. And that's why he had Gandalf looking, like, all dirty and raggedy, um, mm-hmm. was the For fact like 400 that... 400 books he's looking at, yeah. Was, well, also the fact that he thought Gandalf would be so scared, like, riding back... That he would be hiding in bushes, uh, bushes and ditches the entire time. Yeah, and uh. I think to your point, Josh, it doesn't really matter. But what is awesome is that you get that shot of Minas Tirith and Mordor, and like for me, that was the first time ever seeing those two things. You know, which come up huge in the later movies. But the shot where like the light has a very specific end and it begins the shadow is so awesome. I think I have that as one of my wallpapers in my in my folder. Yeah, and. Here's where uh, Gandalf gets back to Bag End, which I remember this trailer. I'll remember this trailer, this moment in a trailer for the rest of my life is when it's like at the very end of the first Lord of the Rings trailer when Gandalf is reaching out behind uh, uh, behind Frodo to like try and kind of grab him. Do you guys remember that? Like watching the trailer long time ago. No. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Uh, no. I do. If you watch that trailer, it, it kind of made it look like a scary movie. But this is where um, Gandalf's like, dude, Bilbo fucked up. You got to get out of here right now. And that's when we, <laughs> we come apart on like one of the coolest shots of the entire movie to me is when he goes, no one else knows about it, do they? And he goes, there is another. And <laughs> that boy was our last We hope. get this... <laughs> awesome shot of just these wretched hands like just in total pain screaming Shire Baggins Shire whoa who was that 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 was Brett who said that that was Brett (laughs) oh I didn't even do the Baggins part Copyrighted on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing that's gonna do it. <laughs> but um, well, I was wondering how does uh Bilbo gets the ring from Gollum, but how does Gollum know that Bilbo took the ring? Doesn't he tell me from he the go Shire? after him? He he does chase after him in the in the book, the in the Hobbit. He chases uh. after him, and uh, that's when he first puts the ring on and hides from him, and he just loses his freaking mind. But he but can't, he like, like, just go out into... in the world because he would probably be killed. I don't know. Was that... Ooh. You talk about 
why is he out looking for him or why didn't he look yeah why him? like why wouldn't he follow him back to like hobbiton and just take the ring back or something if he knows by name who well that ring. was like you know probably 80 years later so i got a good answer for this Go i ahead. think that Gollum lost the ring and just went mad and like couldn't figure anything out but when he was getting tortured by like expert interrogators they're able to like surmise who were the last people you came into contact with and that was like a very short list when he was at Guantanamo yeah he's in Guantanamo and he's they're like do you remember any names did you exchange riddles with any sort of small diminutive beings oh my god and so they, Josh, tortured, they, they say they tortured him for like a long time I just imagine like a, a orc in a suit like sitting him down like and he's like tied to a chair in a room with a light in his face <laughs> <laughs> that's a spoilers original film that's definitely <laughs> Gonna come out. <laughs> so is that why he looks like that? Is because he was being tortured? Or is the ring why he looks so wretched and foul? The, the the ring. I think that's column A, column B there. What what are you talking about? He, he gets like in general why he looks so wretched. I don't like, think <laughs> it's from the ring. I don't think the torture did him any favors. I think it made him worse. <laughs> Bad jeans. Bad jeans. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are we going off the Hobbit movies at canon? Because he still he looked like that in the Hobbit. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't. I, that's from the ring. So he looks so bad him. that torture for years did nothing to him. I don't. I don't know if he got tortured for years. He got tortured for hours. Like actually, Sauron himself was torturing. Just him. Just shining so. that the torture, eye light on him. <laughs> torture brought some color to his cheeks. <laughs> but after he screams out those two words, uh, comes my favorite shot of the entire movie. Which is um, the Black Riders uh, heading out for the Shire? And you had like just that illuminant, like bright green backdrop behind him. I absolutely love that shot. Uh, I think it's probably where I'm. It's probably a good breaking point. Do you think, Josh? Yeah. It is. But Stevie, <laughs> I. The one thing I just wanted to add is I love how Gandalf goes from like token it up, pretty carefree dude to like getting back from that journey and just being disheveled like, <laughs> like do you feel like he gets a sense of what's to come even though mistakes not- were made mistakes <laughs> were made <laughs> <laughs> like I think it's why Ian McKellen's such a good actor too he looks genuinely frightened like he had like the worst like he knows the worst is to come like and you're right he is just token it up <laughs> smoking you know the hobbit leaf all day old Toby and uh, yeah, I think I just, by the time he comes back, he's like, I don't do that anymore. It makes me too paranoid. <laughs> by, by the way, the ring. <laughs> so, Saruman like, literally calls him a pothead later in the movie. Yeah, I thought that was funny. I had never noticed that before. Smoking that hobbit weed. <laughs> he almost says that verbatim, right? Look at you and your dirty yeah. ass smoking that weed. Look, I do it sometimes. I just kind of relax. Hey, it's fine. <laughs> but Stevie, there weren't any other topics you wanted to bring up before we bring oh. up the trivia. So <laughs> I feel like we must. Pappy, I'll kick this to you. Why do you think there are no persons of color at all in this giant ten-hour sweeping like trilogy? I don't know. Like I, I don't even have an answer to that. But 
two or three years ago on the planes, trains, and automobiles episode, we all got like <laughs> really drunk and like where you guys were screaming at me about this, and I was like screaming back saying like you guys were like defending it, like it's not a big deal, and I don't think it's a big deal at all. But I was just pointing it out, and, and it really triggered something in you if you remember that <laughs> night, Stevie. Ouch. Why you gotta point it at me like that? Because you were screaming at me. You're framing me to be a racist right now, which I really don't appreciate, Pap. Well, I have, I have no idea. Well, you sound like you're framing Peter Jackson to be a racist. I just don't think that's the case. I, I just didn't do frame him at all. I just said, I, Pappy, why do you think there are no persons of color in this film? I think it's because they were <laughs> there going was no off. There framing there. Don't throw that at me. <laughs> well, I, I think it's because they were probably going off the description of characters in the fantasy books? I mean, I don't know, Brett, do they describe the characters as white? Well, there are um, <laughs> there are original drawings by Tolkien and not like a ton of the Hobbits, but the one that he draws of Bilbo is it, definitely like a white guy. So, other than that, I mean, I think he drew Tom Bombadil as white. I think he probably just wrote what he knew. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I think it's like an old... Where's Tolkien from? England. Yeah, I was going to say... I believe he was he like probably a, just writes he was about what he knows. And I, I mean, it's something I never really thought about. And obviously, yeah, it's like, oh crap, I didn't. Even, it's yeah, it's just never something. It never came into my mind. I, well, I, I want to hear what the social justice warrior thinks <laughs> about this. But for me, like, it just seems extraordinarily, extraordinarily unlikely that in a movie with literally thousands of parts, that was the trivia last time that there were twenty thousand extras cast, that not one extra who shows their face is brown or like native to New Zealand or any other color other than white. That just seems like a huge coincidence from a statistical perspective. Don't forget about Lurtz. But Josh, what do you, what do you think about this? You, you highlighted it on our fellowship notes document (laughs) over and over. I'm crumbling because of Brett's comment, but um, Lurtz, it's his name. Pappy, I don't have a huge, <laughs> I don't have a huge stance. I, the first time you told me that stat, I just realized like, yeah, if you choose twenty thousand people or ten thousand people or whatever, the just percentage chance that none of them would be a person of color is just so low that for some reason it was done on purpose and it's just weird. And I think, I think Peter Jackson's cool, but. I think they could have done like what Frozen 2 did. And even though in Arendelle in mm-hmm. 2013, there were no brown or black people, there They're were in the 2000. Mist. Yeah, yeah, they are in 2019. They're cool. One <laughs> last note. I mean, I honestly, I think you had a good point there. And I'm not ever, I'm not ever, ever, ever been trying to accuse Peter Jackson of being a racist. What I honestly think happened is that this movie was already such a financial gamble. Uh, from the studio's perspective that and Bob Iger talks about this in his book. I'm not just pulling it out of nowhere, but the prevailing wisdom at the time was that movies with people of, uh, with persons of color at the lead didn't do well in the international box office. So I think it was probably misguided insurance by the studios. And that's something that black Panther absolutely blew up. Right. And that's why it's such an important, important movie from that perspective. Right. But Stevie, your question was, why do I think that it's... I think it was probably a studio decision more than a Peter Jackson de- decision, but... Did they so mention it in the say. directors? 
Did they mention it in the director's commentary at all, or what do you what do you think? No, there's no mention of that <laughs> at all. But there should have been no, more no, no. people of color, right? I mean, take it yes. from us, yeah, six absolutely. white guys. Yeah. <laughs> hey, half brown. Half brown, mostly white. And Harvey yeah. Weinstein was, half brown. Uh, he had his tendrils upon this movie, and I think one of the things he did famously was make Peter Jackson make this shorter for the theatrical release than he wanted to, but also who knows, man? Who knows? I guess my last parting shot before we get into trivia was one thing I really appreciate listening to the commentary is when Sean Asson like, all these actors that speak sound like this was the greatest time of their lives, bar none, and it probably will be, but Sean Asson said making these films was like making a student film. He was like, everybody really would do anything, whether it be like carrying a chair over here or doing a stand-in for another character that you weren't even playing, whatever it was, like to get the shot done and correct, they would do. Save money, save money too, or? Yeah, I would imagine just because there's so many moving parts. Yeah, and I imagine that's probably why a certain actor got fired and one of my favorite actors of all time got to be in this movie, but that'll be for the next episode. Mm. Starry TV, real quick, uh, I asked earlier... If the Hobbiton sequence were the first thing they shot, and it wasn't. It was the Wooded Road sequence is the first thing that they shot, which we'll talk about next time. But the, that was because Ian McKellen was finishing the X-Men movie. Gotcha. The a nigga never been as broke as me. I like that. When I was young, I had two pair of leads. Okay, who, who's ready for trivia? <laughs> we have one more thing. No, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Actually, Pappy, we should tackle one more thing. What are we going to put on the line here for this trivia? First place gets what, and last place has to do what? Yeah, after he didn't get negative two points, he wants to make it. <laughs> well, I mean, is the, is the title of the Lord of the Lord of the Rings enough for the winner? Or do you want something more? Because I think the obvious thing should be either A, reviewing one of the Hobbit films for the loser as a punishment episode, or B, just like we always do, the winner picks the loser's punishment app. I, I don't care either way. Episode three, we'll find out. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about it behind the scenes and we'll figure something out. But let's start. Brett, you are in last place. And this week's trivia is a little bit different. Um, I'm going to ask you a trivia question about Sean Bean. And the first round, it's worth one point. And um, Brett, where yeah. was Sean Bean born? And this is multiple choice for you. New York, London, Yorkshire, York, Yorkshire, or Paris, France. Oh, seems like it'd be a trick. Uh, I'll go Yorkshire. It is indeed, Brett. You have negative one points now after that correct yeah. answer. <laughs> uh, in second to last place, you're not quite Gollum, but you're getting there. I believe it's Pappy. Um, I. What year was Sean Bean born? Sorry, Stevie just texted me. Uh, do I have multiple choices? Oh, do you need to read the text or whatever? Is he talking smack about one of us? No. Probably old negative two. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I didn't call anybody racist on the pod for the pod record. But yeah, do I have multiple choices? Yes, you do. It's. A, 1959, B, 1951, C, 1960, D, 1956. 
I'll go 56. I'm sorry, it was 59. 51. Oh. Hmm. Oh. So, Pappy, you stay at zero. The, the loser actually has no punishment. <laughs> I just decided. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm sure the ring bearer will give me another negative one. Corey, in third place, yours isn't multiple choice, but it is a spelling bee question. Oh, no. Correctly spell Sean Bean's character's first name in Lord of the Rings. All right, do I have to do it spelling bee style? I would prefer <laughs> using a yeah, sentence. So, uh, Boromir, uh, B-O-R-I-M-I-R. Can I to steal for a point? <laughs> no, but you made two errors. <laughs> it's B O R O. M I R, and it's also capital B. Oh no! <laughs> I wasn't gonna oh. nick you for that one. Can you use it in a sentence, Josh? Capital B. What's up, Boromir? Anyway, <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Corey, you stay at one point. Pappy, or sorry, Mikey, you are at two points. And this is just completely random, by the way. This trivia. Um, in what film was Sean Bean accidentally injured above his left eye? Lord of the Rings, which we're covering in the six-part series, Patriot Game, Anna Karenina, Era Karenina, or Anna Karenina, Anna Karenina. Yeah, that's what I said. And, <laughs> or D, Bravo to Zero. Uh, Bravo 2-0 sounds like very low production, so I assume uh, an accident would happen on that. I'll go with that. The correct answer is Patriot Games. Sean Ford, Ooh. or Harrison Ford accidentally cut him with a boat hook. Yeah, accidentally. <laughs> Classic Harrison Ford. He's a Ford. sick, sadistic. <laughs> yeah. He wanted him to have a scar on his face, too. All right, so Mikey, you stay have there. Yeah. Stevie, you are the current ring bearer, and I promise this is just how it goes. <laughs> but this question is: Does Boromir have one sister? True or false? Sorry, not Boromir. Does Sean Beam <laughs> have one sister? <laughs> Same thing. Um, I'll say he has one sister. Stevie, you just took a command <laughs> lead. You're now at. Four. Let's go. 50 50? <laughs> what are these questions? <laughs> it's random. Wait, these are the results we agreed on before the show. So. Right, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, luckily, there's another round here, and hopefully, we can clip through this a little bit quicker. But these are worth two points apiece. Brett, what is Sean, Sean Bean's full birth name? A. Sean Mark Bean. B. Mark Sean Bean. C. Sean Marcus Bean. Or D, Marcus Sean Bean. It's E, Sean Coffee Bean. (laughs) (laughs) What was the first one? Oh, God. (laughs) Sean Mark Bean? Sean Mark Bean. Mark Sean Bean. Sean Marcus Bean. Marcus Sean Bean. Wow. I'm going to go with Mark Sean Bean. I'm sorry. The correct answer is Sean Mark Bean. Later changed it to shorten it to just Sean. What a guy. <laughs> what a legend. So, just Brett, you Sean. stay at negative one, unfortunately. Pappy, you're up next. You have zero points. What is Boromir, but Sean, Sean Beans? What is Sean Beans' natural <laughs> hair color? 
black, Jeez. red, dark blonde, which I don't know what that means, or brown. Brown. The correct answer is black. So, okay. oh, wow. what? I used to have dark That's surprising. Hair. Pappy, you got you had an even keel, still at zero. Mikey, or sorry, Corey, you're up next. Um, which of these films has Sean Bean not been in? Black Beauty, The 13th Floor, Essex Boys, or Don't Say a Word? Oh, four movies I've never seen. <laughs> Black Beauty? The correct answer is The 13th Floor. Come on, geez, he was in Don't Duh. Say a Word? <laughs> Whew, okay, so... Huh. He was the horse in Black Beauty. <laughs> ah, that's well, he voiced it, but yeah. Similarly, <laughs> Mikey, um, which of the following characters has Sean Bean not played? A. Vronsky. B. Boromir. C. Neo. <laughs> D. Jason Locke. <laughs> what are these questions? Uh, has he not played? Yes. This is he hasn't joke, played right? Neo. Okay. You're at four. Good job, man. <laughs> How'd you do that? <laughs> Spell <Those> Neo. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> this is terrible. crazy. I, it's so <laughs> random, but I couldn't help but laugh. I apologize. I, I should be playing it more straight than that. Okay, Stevie, last question of the round. You're tied with Mikey right now. This is the last question. This is all random. Is your name Steve? <laughs> Does Sean have any children? Champagne. I will say yes. He does have children. Another 50 50 for Stevie? Are you kidding me? Puts you up to six points. Stevie, as is tradition, as ring bearer, who will you dock one point at the end of chapter two? Mikey, get away from me. Mikey? Uh, I dock you, sir. Very political move. Stevie, toss back to you for the rest of the episode. Jesus. Um, as your ring bearer and host, uh, I will say thank you for listening to this episode. Um, we have episode. Who's hosting episode three? Me. We have episode three hosted by Mikey to look forward to. And as always, uh, that was spoilers. support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. Baggins. Leave us some stars and some words.
That was spoilers.